Welcome to the Mastery Over Money podcast. My name is Michael Kim, and I'm a wealth coach, future CPA, and creative at heart. My mission is to help young professionals such as yourself have mastery over your money and start living a life of financial freedom. Not only will I teach you how to save, invest, make, and maximize your money, but I'll also transform the way that you think about it. At the end of the day, money management is a skill. And when you have mastery over it, you can create anything. Are you ready? Awesome. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode number four of the Mastery Over Money podcast. I want to start off this episode with a question. Do you think that you're different from your friends or your family? Do you have different preferences, values, or goals from them? Well, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty weird. I'm a half Korean and Chinese boy, born and raised in Canada, who loves Mariah Carey and Ariana Grande. I aspire to be a digital nomad to travel around the world living a minimalistic but bougie lifestyle. My future home needs to be near the mountains and the ocean with a 25-meter pool because I absolutely love swimming. I'm assuming that you are very different from me and that you don't have the exact same values, goals, or preferences as me. And that's completely normal, right? It'd be a little bit weird if you wanted the exact same things that I did. We are all uniquely different from one another. But the thing is, if we're all so different from one another, why is it that no matter who you are, we're given the exact same financial advice? Hmm, interesting, isn't it? I'm sure you've heard, just stop spending money and save more. Or, just pay off your debt as soon as possible. Well, Blanket statements like these don't work because we all come from different situations and no one is the same. That's why one of my core coaching principles is that personal finance is personal. In this episode, I'll be sharing four blanket statements that I often hear as traditional financial advice that just doesn't work and what you should do instead. Let's get into it. The first phrase that I often hear is just save 20%. A lot of personal finance gurus will say, oh, just have a savings rate of 20% and you'll magically hit all of your financial goals. Well, for those of you that don't know what your savings rate is, your savings rate is based on the percentage of your income that you need to save to hit all of your financial goals. So the objective is to find out exactly how much money do you need to save every month and year to hit all of your financial goals, whether that's buying a house, buying a car, or retirement. For example, if you're making $100,000 and you know that you need to save $20,000 every single year, you would need a 20% savings rate. But as I mentioned before, we are all very unique people. We all have different financial goals, financial situations, and lifestyle choices. So it's impossible that a 20% savings rate works for everyone. A person who wants to live in a mansion and eat out every day is going to have a very different savings rate 
from someone who wants to live in an RV traveling around the world for the rest of their life. Your savings rate needs to be directly based on your unique financial situation. It should be based on how much money you're making, how much expenses you have, and what specific financial goals you have. The best way to figure out your savings rate is by having a financial plan. And to keep things simple, a financial plan is a roadmap that tells you exactly how to go from point A to point B. So imagine that you're on a hike. You're currently at point A at the base of the mountain, but you want to get to the top of the mountain, which is point B. So instead of blindly walking through the mountain and walking through all of these trails and getting lost, you need a roadmap to give yourself directions on how to exactly go from point A to point B. I don't know about you, but without a GPS, I literally can't travel anywhere. I'm a little directionally challenged. And this is why your financial plan is so important. You're currently at point A with maybe some debt and some minimal savings, but in the future, you eventually want to have a house, a family, and to retire, which is your point B. Your financial plan tells you exactly what you need to do to go from your point A to your point B. And this includes your savings rate. A good financial plan will tell you how much you need to save every month and year to hit all of your financial goals. This is something that I work with all of my students in the Plant Your Money program. One of my students in particular was really stressed about her finances because of the extremely expensive real estate prices in Toronto. And she thought that she would never be able to afford her own place. But after working with me, she created herself a financial plan where she realized that she could actually buy her place in five years by having a 34% savings rate. Knowing this changed the way that she lived her life. She realized that as long as she saves 34% of her income, she could hit all of her financial goals. And any money left over could be used to just enjoy life, like traveling and doing things that she actually enjoyed. Isn't that amazing? And yes, she had to save exactly 34% of her income based on her unique financial situation. A key thing to know is that after working with all of the students that I've worked with, none of them have the same savings rate. The reason for this is because they all have different financial goals, different lifestyle choices, and preferences. That's the reason why I don't give my students or anyone a savings rate benchmark, because your savings rate needs to be 100% based on your unique financial situation. Okay, so the second blanket statement that I hear very often is to pay off your debt as soon as possible. Let's talk about debt. So let's first break down exactly what debt is. Debt is money that you borrow temporarily from someone and you eventually need to pay back this money. For example, you've probably borrowed money from the government to help fund your university or college education in the form of student loans. Now, our society has a big aversion to debt, especially the Asian community. We really try to avoid debt. So debt sounds bad, but is it actually? Well, debt, similar to money, is neutral. 
It's neither good or bad. At the end of the day, it's just a tool that can be used to create amazing things or destroy amazing things. An analogy that I like to use is a knife. A knife can be used to hurt someone, or a knife can be used to cook an amazing, delicious meal. The knife itself isn't bad or good; it's literally just a tool. What matters is the person using the tool, their intention, and also their skill level. What is your intention when using debt? How skilled are you at using debt? These are some questions that you should be asking yourself around debt. People who find themselves in a mountain of debt isn't because they're dumb or irresponsible. It's simply because they don't have mastery over their debt yet, and they don't know how to use this tool. Let me share a story of one of my students. One of my students listened to the common advice that she needs to pay off her debt as soon as possible. So that's exactly what she did. 100% of her paycheck went to paying off her student debt, but then she lost her job, and because 100% of her paycheck went into debt, she didn't have any savings or an emergency fund to rely on. As a result, she had to go into credit card debt to pay for her living expenses, and credit card debt is the worst kind of debt because it has the highest interest rate of an average of 20%. This is what happens when you're given generic financial advice. When in reality, we all come from different financial situations. When she joined the Plant Your Money program, she realized that she actually doesn't need to pay off her debt as soon as possible. She learned that if her debt interest rate is two percent, and if she could invest her money at a higher rate than two percent, she could actually make more money. It's simple math. Let's say your student loan interest rate is two percent, but you know that you can get a ten percent rate of return from your investments. Well, ten percent minus two percent equals eight percent profit. So by choosing to not pay off her debt as soon as possible, my student was able to come out of the situation with even more money. In addition to that, if she loses her job again, she knows that she'll still be okay because now she has an emergency fund and investments to rely on, rather than going into more credit card debt. And this is what mastery over money looks like. After learning how to use debt as a tool, my student learned how to make educated financial decisions for her unique situation, that will significantly help her achieve her future goals. As a disclaimer, remember that personal finance is personal because everyone's situation is unique, and sometimes it might be a good idea to pay off your debt as soon as possible. The reason why my student was able to implement the strategy to invest while paying off debt is because from working with me, she actually knew how to invest and implement a strategy that actually works. So if you don't yet have mastery over the skill of investing and using your debt, you might not be able to successfully implement the strategy. Okay, the third phrase that I often hear as traditional financial advice is to just invest in ETFs. Before we talk about ETFs and what this actually means, let me give you a scenario. 
Let's say you've been dizzy and sick for months, and you think that you might have some chronic disease like cancer. So you go to the doctor for help. But the doctor doesn't ask you any follow-up questions or doesn't even run any additional tests on you. Instead, the doctor just looks at you and prescribes you some pills to take. How would you react? I don't know about you, but I would not trust this doctor at all. Because there's no way that the doctor could tell what was wrong with me without even asking me follow-up questions or running any tests. To me, this solution would feel like a band-aid solution. There could be something really wrong with me, but because the doctor isn't doing his due diligence, the problem might go unnoticed and it might even become life-threatening. A similar situation happened when I was hanging out with two of my friends. One of my friends asked me, Hey Michael, what should I invest in? And I paused because this is a really complicated and a loaded question. Should you invest in stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds, through a TFSA or RSP or margin account? There are many options. But the thing is, is that my other friend said, oh, just invest all of your money in ETFs. For those of you that don't know, ETFs stand for Exchange Traded Funds. And ETFs are financial products that pretty much invest in the whole entire stock market. So if you buy one share of an ETF, you're actually buying around like 500 different companies, depending on which ETF that you buy. Okay, let's take a step back. I'm sure you can see some parallels between this situation and the doctor situation. My friend, asking for advice, is coming from a unique financial situation with her own specific financial goals. And yet, she was given financial advice that is literally told to everyone. So what I said to her was that no. ETFs might not be the best investment for your specific situation. So instead, I took a step back and asked her some follow-up questions. The first question that I asked is, what are your financial goals and when do you want to achieve them? I asked this question because the purpose of investing is to hit your future financial goals. So what you invest in will be 100% based on what goals you want to hit. It's impossible to invest your money the right way without first knowing why you're investing in the first place. The second question that I asked is what is your investing skill level? Remember from episode number two that investing is one of the five pillars to master your money, and it's an essential skill that needs to be learned. If you know how to invest, that means that you have more options and strategies available to you. People make the mistake of trying to invest with any prior knowledge, and they end up losing a lot of money. If you don't want to learn how to invest, you might be better off working with a financial advisor who will just invest your money for you. At least you won't somehow gamble all of your money away. After I asked these follow-up questions, I then gave her some options with the pros and cons. From here, she was able to determine what is actually the best financial decision for her future. And what this does is that she is given a tailored treatment plan for her unique situation rather than just given a blanket statement that could 
potentially not be the best decision for her future. When it comes to personal finances, people see me as a doctor. People trust what I have to say. People follow what I say because I'm seen as an expert in the space. And for this reason, I have to be very careful about what I say to people. If I go around giving people band-aid solutions, these financial decisions can potentially ruin their lives. That's the reason why I take my job seriously, and I make sure I first find the root problem, and then give them an accurate treatment plan for their unique situation. The last blanket advice that I often hear is just do it. This phrase is often used as a condescending phrase. For example, let's say you want to stop impulse spending. I'm sure you've heard your parents say, oh, just stop doing it, stop spending money. Or let's say you want to invest your money, but you're scared. Your friends might say, oh, just, just do it. This advice often doesn't work when it comes to personal finance because we are humans, not robots. If we were robots, we could be given a manual with clear step-by-step instructions to follow, and we would do it. For example, investing is actually really simple. I can explain how to do it in 10 seconds. Step 1. Open an online brokerage account. Step 2. Fund the account with money. Step 3. Click buy. 4. Done. (laughs) But the thing is, is that we are not robots. We are complex humans with personalities, experiences, and feelings. Let me share a story on why this just do it phrase doesn't work. One of my students struggled with impulse spending. She would eat out often, buy lots of clothing online, and rack up a lot of credit card debt. She asked me, Michael, how can I set up my budget so this won't happen anymore? And I could have just said, oh, just stop spending money, or just finesse your budget and make it more restrictive. But I didn't. Instead, I asked, why do you think that you're spending impulsively? And what she told me is that she usually goes on the spending spree when she's feeling sad and alone. And the reason why she was feeling this way was because she felt like her parents didn't appreciate her. She felt like they didn't appreciate how hard she was working. And that's the reason why she would get sad and start spending a lot of money. And what I said to her was, where can you be happy with or without your parents' approval? How can you focus more on internal validation rather than external validation? Where can you just be proud of yourself and all of your accomplishments rather than needing your parents' validation to feel good? After this discussion, she realized that she doesn't need her parents' approval to feel good. She can feel good and happy about herself with or without their approval. And when she started to change this mindset, her impulse spending magically went away. And she was a lot happier because she didn't need to rely on external validation or external factors to be happy. Notice how I didn't talk about budgeting at all. (laughs) If I had told her, oh, just stop spending money and follow this fancy budget plan and just do it, 
this would have solved nothing. She would still feel like shit, and she would probably find another unhealthy coping mechanism and find another way to spend even more money. If we were robots and given a command to stop impulse spending, that would work. But we aren't robots. We are amazingly complex humans, and that's why I love coaching. I love understanding what psychological blocks each of my students have and figuring out how can I ask the right questions to help them first be aware of their mental blocks and then help resolve them. As a coach, my goal isn't to tell my students what to do. My goal is to guide and support them to their solution. So the four phrases that I mentioned today are all examples of why blanket financial advice just doesn't work. And the reason for this is because personal finance is personal. You're going to hear me say this a lot. <laughs> we are all amazingly different human beings and so should our approach to our own personal finances. If you don't know what to do for your unique financial situation yet, this is a clear sign that you still need to learn how to have mastery over your money. So if you want to learn how to have mastery over your money and start living a life of financial freedom, you gotta join my one-on-one -on -one coaching program. To apply, you can either shoot me a DM on Instagram at Michael Lee Kim, or you can book a free 30-minute interest call with me using the link in the show notes. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to the Mastery Over Money podcast. If you found any value with this episode, I would really appreciate it if you could screenshot this episode and share it on Instagram. And make sure to tag me at Michael Lee Kim so I can thank you. Also, feel free to share this episode with a friend who needs to hear this message. That's it for today, and I'll chat with you next week.